0: You can also find all my books on Amazon and other retailers. And now on to the show. Today we're going to talk about how diversity, equity and inclusion can play a transformational role in any organization. To help me discuss this topic, I'd like to welcome Donald Thompson, CEO and co-founder of the Diversity Movement and author of Underestimated: A CEO's Unlikely Path to Success. Donald, welcome to the show. I'm very glad to be here. Thanks for having me, Greg. Yeah, looking forward to talking about this with you. Uh, why don't we get started with you giving a little background on yourself and uh, what led you to co-found uh, the diversity movement?
1: So a little background personally, um, serial entrepreneur, for lack of a better term. I enjoy <laughs> the process of starting companies with a vision, a dream, and, and building them into commercially viable enterprises. I like that team building aspect it is really exciting to me and done that a couple of times across technology, marketing, uh, now diversity, equity, inclusion. The thing that allowed me to really see forward around DEI is we saw a gap in the marketplace of DEI being more social justice focused, which is fine, but in order for it to stick in organizations that are driven by the financial outcomes, DEI had to be a player in how companies build better workplaces and drive better measurable results. And as an entrepreneur and a business leader, I saw an opportunity for our team made up of computer scientists, MBAs, content writers, to think about DEI with the linkage to the business outcome. And that's something that we thought we could powerfully deliver to the marketplace.
0: Great. Uh, Wonderful. Well, looking forward to talking through this. Um, So... Yeah, as, as you mentioned, you're CEO and co founder of the diversity movement, uh, launched in 2019 as uh, primarily an e learning organization. And I know you touched on this a little bit when you were introducing yourself, but can you talk a little bit more about the early days of the organization and what you learned then that's really shaped the organization?
1: Yeah, thank you so much for the question. We built an e learning tool, a five module e-learning platform called Beyond the Checkbox, and we built that to give companies a digital foundation in and around diversity, equity, and inclusion. Because of my technology background, we put that digital learning tool through beta testing of about 50 potential clients, and they enjoyed the course. They gave us great feedback, but they said, well, what do we do after the course? Is this for senior managers? What about our frontline workers that don't have access to computer? What about a global footprint? What do we do to build out a better workplace from the C-suite down? How do we get board buy-in? We got question after question after question. We were like, wait a minute, we wanted to build this digital course. You pay us money, we get rich, right? We're changing the world. And we ended up finding that there is a journey and a spectrum of learning around DEI and people really needed someone to build that blueprint for them. Yeah. And so we took that e-learning tool as the genesis of our company and now we consider ourselves a technology-enabled consultancy. To where we have digital tools, we have micro-video platform, we have analytics, we have consulting that all come together to help companies win uh, with their employees.
0: Well, that's great, and that's always a good sign when customers are asking those kinds of questions, right? It means there, you know, there's there's something there's something more that you can offer there. It sounds like you definitely were able to. To find ways to to do that, uh, just to to follow to that, you know, what what types of organizations are you working with, and what are some of the ways that to to what you were just saying, you know, maybe start off as as learning, but then how do you help these companies operationalize DEI?
1: Yeah, so one of the things, um, Greg, is we want to meet people where they are in their DEI journey. So some uh, organizations are really just figuring out what diversity, equity, and inclusion as an initiative means to them. And so we'll help them with strategy workshops. We'll do listening sessions within their organization and really help them craft a game plan. Other organizations come to us and they know what they want. They know where they wanna go, they just don't know how to get there. For example, they might want to broaden their recruiting uh, process to expand the number of universities and by default, the types of individuals that they bring into their recruiting pool. So we'll work with their talent acquisition teams and look at more inclusive hiring practices. We also do strategy work with executive leadership teams. And so the short answer is because we have a technology footprint, assessments for leaders, micro learning platform, analytics, we can help build basically a chief diversity office for a company that's a startup that may only have ten dollars to $15,000 a year to invest, all the way to Bayada Health, which is one of our flagship clients that has 30,000 employees or the Country Music Association that was really wanting to focus on their brand lift around diversity, equity, inclusion. And you wouldn't naturally think the Country Music Association would <laughs> care about DEI, but they do deeply. Yeah. And so we really want to have the footprint of not the size of the company or organization, but the focus on what outcomes they want to deliver. And then we help them get there.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's that's great. And that's a, that's a great segue to the next thing I wanted to talk about, which is really... DEI in terms of business performance, and you know, I know personally, I have, I have witnessed the, some of the benefits of diversity in, you know, in many different ways. I've also witnessed some of the shortcomings of lack of diversity and and just being able to do great work and and or better work. From your perspective, w- what does it really mean to operationalize DEI? So let me give an
1: example. Of how DEI becomes a part of the flow of work. So when you think about a meeting that a manager may call and there's maybe 10 to 15 folks in the meeting, there's going to be folks in the meeting that can get a light agenda, right, a few hours before and be ready to rock and roll. But there are other folks that if you give them pre-reading and the agenda a few days ahead of time, they're going to be much more participative they're going to participate more right in the session. So how do you operationalize DEI? You have to think about DEI different. It's more than just race. It's how do you give and receive feedback? How do you create an environment where more people feel engaged to participate in meetings? How do you create an environment where inclusive language is a part of your corporate culture? So instead of saying, Hey, you guys, or Hey guys, you say everyone, What you mean and what what I mean by operationalizing DEI is really getting practical. How does DEI live in the everyday behaviors of our work? If you think about operationalizing it from a sales standpoint, when I talk to sales organizations, we're seeing that the weighting on the DEI footprint in RFPs is going up, not down. So that means governments, municipalities, organizations and their supplier networks are looking more to companies that have a DEI footprint. We're also talking to marketers much more, CMOs and VPs of marketing, and helping them craft and build authentic messaging to expand their market share to audiences they may have left behind before. So when we talk about operationalizing DEI, it means how do we take this cultural footprint and put it embedded In the flow of how we do our jobs so that we get better business outcomes
0: and those are just a few examples yeah yeah and yeah to me you know what you're saying it's goes well beyond simply you know let's put a page on the website about you know how we hire diverse and uh, and things like that it's you know operationalizing really it's it's those things you're mentioning which is it really comes through in in how the the business operates Before we continue, I'd like to make sure you're aware of the upcoming CXPS 2023 conference, May 8-11, 2023, in Durham, North Carolina. CXPS is a great CX event focused on professional services firms that want to know how to take the next steps to make their firm successful in integrating client experience with their firm's strategic initiatives. To learn more and register for the conference, go to Clientexperience.org slash CXPS dash conference. That's Clientexperience.org slash CXPS dash conference. And you can register with the code AGILE200, that's A G I L E200, for $200 off your tickets. You can hear from top professional services executives and CX thought leaders like myself through a combination of keynotes, breakout sessions, workshops, and panel discussions. Make sure to register at clientexperience.org slash CXPS dash conference with the code agile200 for $200 off your tickets. Now let's get back to the show. What are some of the ways that DEI can really have some positive impacts on the business when, it, when it's operationalized? So, you know, how about the financial impact, what, what, tangible financial benefits? What kind of tangible financial benefits are there in greater DEI?
1: Yeah, so I'll answer the question and let me give a free resource. If you go to the diversitymovement.com and our resource page, we have a, um, a pretty detailed white paper on the ROI of DEI. And so that's just something that your listeners can go and dig into a little bit more. But to answer your question very specifically, right, if you think about sales teams, right, and how uh, they're really bottom line driven, well, sales teams are selling to more multicultural audiences. So if you're selling technology, instead of saying man hours for how long it'll take to build a piece of tech out, say person hours, because no one wants to offend someone on purpose. And we know that business and deals at the highest level are based on interpersonal relationships. So we talk about inclusive language. When We're talking about hiring and recruiting and retention and getting the best talent available. Even in the sea of layoffs, companies are always looking for the best and brightest A players to move through the organization. A number or data point I'll share with you is 70% of uh, employees look at the DEI footprint of companies before they decide to join. And so that's another element that really matters in a significant way. The other thing that is we're finding in the work that we do with folks in private equity and working with venture-backed organizations is that private equity firms and VCs are starting to look at what the DEI footprint is for companies in advance of their investment in those businesses, especially when those businesses are looking to grow market share on a global perspective. So you can't really sell to cultures or people that you don't understand or not empathetic to. And so those are a couple of ways when we think about what are some specific things we inject into the organization around DEI that really lends itself to a bottom line impact.
0: Yeah. And another thing this speaks to as well, at least from my perspective, is sustainability. And, you know, I think there's a lot of focus on the environmental aspect of sustainability. And and certainly, you know, that's that is definitely important. But when you're talking about global expansion and even just making sure that you have the absolute best leaders and ideas and, and innovation, how should leaders look at sustainable growth of a business in terms of diversity, equity, and inclusion?
1: You know, one of the advantages um, that I have and, and things that I enjoy is, is I work with a lot of CEOs directly, both from a strategy standpoint and from an executive coaching standpoint. And CEOs by definition, right, are leading organizations that have a profit motive, right? And that's obvious and clear. But in order to achieve that profit motive and to use your phrase sustainability, you have to ensure that you have a brand internally with your team to where people see their ability to build and grow a career, to be recognized for the work that they do, to have an environment where they can push back against leadership if they have a different or alternative idea of how something can be done. And so the goal is for leaders to create uh, and become the employer of choice in their industry. And if you have the employer of choice kind of label or mantra, now all of a sudden you're getting the best and brightest, number one. But then number two, how do you take generationally different employees, culturally different employees, and help them work together effectively so that you can win in the marketplace? And so we do a lot of work with leaders in terms of building cultural competency Right. So that we can build these habits, if you will, into how they lead, how they take feedback and how we innovate.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know, we talk a lot about the customer experience and customer perspective on the show. And, you know, just wanted to look at this from the from that customer perspective. So, you know, what do customers really want out of the brands that they support when it comes to, to DEI? So I don't know if you're familiar with,
1: but Edelman puts out a trust survey every year. And I was reading the Edelman 2022 trust survey, and and it showed that media and the folks in political leadership are really on the lower rung of trust these days, and business leaders are seeing their trust level increase. One of the things that's occurring is that people have a higher expectation that businesses can drive the triple bottom line so that they can be place where people enjoy working and are cared for and taken care of for in in a good way, you can create a profit driving business, right? And you can also protect the planet. And so the new expectations for leaders is that triple bottom line of people, profit and planet. And so now when leaders are looking at not only sustainability, but aggressive business growth, even in a down economy, it becomes imperative that diversity, equity, inclusion is a part of your strategic footprint. Why? Because when you look at the demographics of just look at the United States, for example, right, there are more and more people of multicultural background than ever before. Mm-hmm. And so you're seeing it show up in advertising, right? If you think about 20 years ago, 30 years ago, I'm an African-American male and, and there were not many people that looked like me in advertising. If you were thinking about folks that of Asian descent, if you're thinking about folks with disabilities, they were not really included in the brand stories that marketers were telling. That's changed dramatically. And the reason it's changed dramatically is because businesses understand the profit motive. And if your story and your brand doesn't resonate with a broad swath of people, you have the ability to lose market share and not even understand why. Mm -hmm. And so many of us in the marketing aspect, and I used to run a, a marketing and advertising firm Right. We're trying to help companies build authentic brands from the inside out so that it's more natural um, and not something that's just check the box.
0: Yeah. And and along those lines, how does a brand find the right balance between, you know, making it clear that they value diversity, equity and inclusion without making it feel like a marketing gimmick? You know, I, I know in the again, to go back to the environmental, you know, greenwashing was a big thing or is a big thing. and. In, in companies touting their environmental efforts. You know, how, how do brands do it authentically? But also, uh, you know, to, to what you're saying, it's, it's not a bad thing to talk about it. And, and customers want to know that their brands are supporting it. So, you know, what's, what are maybe some ways to do it authentically?
1: One of the things I advise leaders to think about is wherever you are in the process for diversity, equity, inclusion is your truth. And there's nothing wrong with communicating that. But the most important thing that people are looking for, prospective employees or people that want to do business with your brand as a partner or as a uh, a client or a consumer, they're looking for where you're headed and that you're putting mile markers forward of what you're going to be in the future and that you show progress towards those goals. Right. People don't have an unreasonable view that the boardroom and the C-suite, right, and the leadership teams are going to magically be diverse tomorrow. But what people want to see is that you are becoming better each day in areas that we can see and then areas that are unseen. The seen areas obviously is that optic picture where you have a more diverse leadership team, you have a more diverse emerging leadership team right? You're doing more diverse recruiting at different universities, right? Those are things that people can see. The things that people can't see are when you have management training for your people leaders on how to give and receive better feedback, how to balance empathy and economic goals in business. Those are the things that show up, but the investments that I've seen a lot of successful companies make in their long-term DEI
0: infrastructure. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Well, uh, Donald, thank you so much for joining the show. I've got one last question for you before we wrap up here. So you've given a lot of great advice already, but one, one last piece of advice here. What would you, what would you say to leaders that know they have room to grow in their DEI efforts as they navigate the months ahead?
1: You know, I've, I've asked this question often, and I'm going to give a piece of advice that can be addressed by any leader for under $15. And We've authored, uh, Jackie Ferguson on our team, a workbook called The Inclusive Language Handbook. And we believe that everyone should start their DEI journey with improved language, because we bring people towards us or we push people away one conversation at a time. And so I encourage leaders, emerging leaders, everyone that is in the sound of our voice that's listening to this, to think about how we are come across, how our comments are landing to other people, And the inclusive language handbook gives a lot of really smart nuggets about how, how to have better conversations while we're all learning at different points on that global DEI journey. I think our language, our tone, our tempo and how we dialogue with one another can be improved across the board. And that's where I encourage everyone to start.
0: Wonderful. Yeah, great. Great advice. Well, again, I'd like to thank Donald Thompson, CEO and co-founder of the diversity movement for joining the show. You can learn more about Donald and the diversity movement by following the links in the show notes. Thanks again for listening to the Agile Brand with Greg Kilstrom podcast brought to you by Tech Systems. If you enjoyed the show, please take a minute to subscribe on your podcast channel of choice and leave us a rating so that others can find the show more easily. You can access more episodes of the show at www.GregKillstrom.com. That's G-R-E-G-K-I-H-L-S-T-R-O-M.com. To get a copy of my latest book, House of the Customer, visit my website, or you can find it on Amazon or other retailers. The Agile brand is produced by Missing Link, a Latina-owned, strategy-driven, creatively-fueled production co-op. From ideation to creation, they craft human connections through intelligent, engaging, and informative content. Until next time, stay agile.